Hello again, everyone. We'll be getting underway momentarily. By way of a highly sophisticated and ingenious process, not only will your ship be miniaturized, it will be beamed below the skin of a volunteer. Will Dr. Humphrey, Dr. Victoria Humphrey, please pick up the epidermal cell scanner from bay number three? Body probe Zulu 174 is ready for boarding in bay number one. Body probe Sierra 657 is online for miniaturization in bay three. Condition code green. W. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 468, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience, but bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I am so grateful to be able to create this show, not just for you, but also with your help. And for the past 10 years, many of you have been involved in many different ways, either as guests or by having your questions answered by me on the air. Well, this week, we're going to combine the two as I answer your questions live. We cover a wide range of topics from many different perspectives, including some questions about me and how I got started, Walt Disney World's history, what was lost and what may be coming in the future, and we may even answer that you might have as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show about upcoming WW Radio meets of the month, including over Marathon Weekend and more. So sit back... Relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I've always wanted you, my friend, to be involved in the show, not just as a passive listener, but as part of the community and really part of the show itself. And many of you have joined me in the past over the years as guests for Listener Factor Fiction, for live broadcasts in the parks, roundtables, etc. And many more of you have had your questions answered that you submitted via email on the show. This week, I want to try and combine the best, hopefully, of those ideas and have you sit around the table with me virtually and really be part of the conversation as you ask me your questions live. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into tonight, but I want to welcome so many of my friends and members of the WW Radio Nation to the show, Michael, Father Christopher, Another Michael, Tyler, Sean, Terry, Luke, Nikki, Chris, Jennifer, two more. Wow, there's like 18 Michaels in here, but that's okay. We're going to try and go around the horn 
and get to as many questions as possible. Um, we have not discussed these in advance, so I'm excited and yet a little bit nervous. Uh, I still believe in uh, in ladies first. My dad raised me right, and now, like, do I do it alphabetically? I'm going to go on my left to right as we are watching via the live video chat. So, Terry, you are lucky or unlucky to go first. Uh, first things first, and this goes to all of you, thank you all so much for being part of the nation and the family. I, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you and the love and the support that you've given. Terry, I've known you for a number of years, and we, we, have, we are friends in real life, and we've exchanged the multiple handshakes and the hugs. So it is good to, uh, it's good to have on the call tonight. You get to go with your first question. You can ask anything about the show, Disney, vacation planning, history, me, be gentle, <laughs> or anything in between. So have at it. It is about you. Uh -oh. um, I want the story, and I don't want we met in college, <laughs> something like that. But I would like the actual cute story. Everybody has a story of how they met their spouse. And I am positive that you have a good one, and I would love to hear it. I was not expecting that one. All right, so uh, I, I do have a story, and it probably isn't as cute and or romantic as it might be, uh, as you might think. Uh, we actually met at work. Um, so we, uh, I come from a, a very, you know, a circuitous background. You know, I was a lawyer. I had an IT consulting company on the side, and um, – my family was actually involved in the medical imaging field. I was the chief technology officer for a medical imaging company. And uh, my mother, who, who ran the show there, one day this, this woman comes in for an interview for uh, an MRI technologist. And uh, as she's leaving, my, my mother tells her assistant, this girl's going to be in my family someday. Now, mind you, she had some loser boyfriend back at home. I was actually engaged to somebody else, uh, as it were. But um, she got into a car accident. She goes, oh, you should go see my son. Uh, he happens to still be a lawyer. So I helped her with her her car accident, and then we never spoke again. Then I got into an accident and uh, had to have an MRI, and she kept me on the table for like two hours um, while the, the MRI was being done. And then while we were working, <clears throat> excuse me, on a project for a, uh, a state inspection, um, I, was, I was really sort of uh, managing a lot of the operations at the time, and she was the head of the imaging department. So we were working together, and uh, I'll never – all right, so the funny part of the story is we're spending a lot of time together just hanging out, you know, with a bunch of people. And one day it's the company picnic, and, and unbeknownst to me, a lot of people were trying to get us together. So I'm the captain of one of the softball teams. She's the captain of the other softball teams. Slick Lou Mangello, and there's, if you were seeing my face, you know that I am the farthest thing from Slick. I finally get up enough courage as we are switching sides in between innings. I walk up to her and I say, hey, loser buys dinner. She goes, yeah, right, and keeps walking. I was like, well, that's, that's the end of that. Um, but as it were, she, uh, she ends up stalking me for about a year, and uh, the rest as they say, is history. Yay, stalkerism. That's an awesome story. I like it. <laughs> all right. Whew. All right. That was, I was, uh, wasn't where I was expecting to you to go first, but okay. Um, all right. We'll go, <clears throat> excuse me, a little boy-girl 
boy, girl, and gosh, there's so many Michaels. I'm going to go Michael Kell up in the, uh, it's like, the, if I'm, it's, for me, it's like watching Hollywood squares because there's about uh, 16 different squares. So Circle gets a square up in the top left. Michael Kell, again, longtime friend and uh, member of the nation. Good to see you again, brother. Uh, after that question, I am very curious as to where you're going to go next. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you back into your comfort zone. <laughs> hey, you know, Walt started everything with uh, with familiar stories. You know, he he always went to uh, a, uh, a a fairy tale or a familiar book in order to bring his uh, his initial movies to uh, to the screen. Uh, it seems like Disney is kind of rehashing its uh, intellectual properties lately. Uh, it sort of got itself trapped in a, uh, especially in the Marvel universe. Uh, they got to uh, do origin stories, and and they're basically a couple of uh, classic uh, comic book uh, lines. Star Wars has this expanded universe that it's, uh, you know, it's trying to bring back into canon. So the question is, if you could pick a portion of the parks to reimagine, what original story or series would you like Disney to bring to either the TV or movies uh, to refresh it, to bring something fresh in the park? Think along the lines of uh, Frozen, uh, and, and they brought in uh, you know, the Frozen ride into Norway. So I think it's a really interesting question, and that's actually something that would make for um, just a fun conversation, I think, because I think there are uh, many different opinions, especially if you check on Twitter, <coughs> excuse me, of the idea of Disney remaking a lot of the classic films, whether they are animated or live action, uh, you know, whether it's Pete's Dragon, Beauty and the Beast, Dumbo, I, I think they're going to remake, I think they're still going to remake uh, Sword in the Stone, a lot of the live action films, uh, Cinderella, Maleficent. I think there are some that should never be touched. I think there are some films that just should not necessarily be remade. Uh, but I think it's interesting, the idea of taking those classic stories and bringing them to new life again, especially for a new generation. Now, when you talk about it inside the parks, um, there are, you know, that's interesting because I think there are some attractions that we miss, but I don't know that I would necessarily want them to remake the film or even bring back that classic attraction. So as you were asking the question and assuming that I may actually have where you want me to go with this uh, correct, one of the things that I thought of, um, which when I heard that they were remaking the movie, I was skeptical at first and then I got excited because I think a lot of people won't go back and, and necessarily watch it because it may seem dated at this time. The same thing for the attraction. It is the one attraction I would bring back. And the, the film and the attraction I'm talking about is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, I think it is a classic Walt Disney World attraction. Obviously, you still have a derivation of the version in Disneyland. I loved, loved, loved the film itself. Does it still hold up in 2016, 2017? Maybe not. Um, maybe not. But you, know, you can see the success of some of the films like um, Jungle Book that have just been remade and captured a whole new audience. And I think Favreau did, did an exceptional job with that. So I would, 
there's a there's a there, the seven year old boy and Lou Mangello would love to see the original now somewhat campy version of the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea attraction come back um, exactly as it were, and there's also forty eight version you know older version of Lou Mangello that still has that seven year old boy trapped in that would love to see that film and that story be retold again, not just on screen, but in the parks and in merchandise as well. Did I ever come remotely close to, to, to going where you wanted me to go with that? Yeah, actually, that's a good one. I was, I was thinking also that, uh, for example, Tomorrowland needs a refresh. Mm-hmm. So what type of story could you come up with to, to put into Tomorrowland? Uh, so I think that in, in to sort of drive folks back there. I think as we talk in December 2016, um, I, again, to quote Hogan's Heroes, I know nothing, but I do believe that Tomorrowland, I know I just dated myself when I said that, I think that Tomorrowland is the next land that is primed for an update, a refresh, a reimagineering, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of handwriting that's already on the wall, at least to me, that speaks to that. Um, I, I think the space where the Galaxy Palace Theater once stood where the Buzz Lightyear meet and greet is, uh, is prime real estate that can certainly have another attraction there. I think the Tomorrowland Power and Light Company is another large piece of real estate that you can do something in. I think there are some great IPs that you could bring into Tomorrowland depending on what kind of story you want to tell there, right? What, what, what is the story of Tomorrowland? Does it, is it still this future that never was, are they going to change it at all? I think, you know, look, I, and again, this is seven-year-old Lou Mangiello would, and 48-year-old Lou Mangiello would love, love, love a Tron attraction right where the Galaxy Palace Theater is. I have it laid out in my head, <clears throat> excuse me, the first level would be some sort of virtual or like they have in Shanghai, even a real type of get on the light cycle. I think the second level could be the end of line club where you have some sort of cool futuristic thing that you let you look out over Tomorrowland and as the, uh, the, the people move would pass right through it. Uh, I think that you could bring the Incredibles potentially into Tomorrowland. Um, let me ask you this. Anybody else can feel free to jump in. Is there anything that you think would fit well or make sense to bring into Tomorrowland as an attraction, as a show, as a, a current IP maybe? Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, they're about to release uh, Wrinkle in Time uh, again, that, you know, they may be able to bring something out, you know, out of that uh, series into the, into that, uh, into a time, you know, almost like, uh, uh, what was that, the, uh, um, the one with uh, Robin Williams. Flubber? No, no, the attraction. Um, Timekeeper. Timekeeper. Interesting. Yeah, this is this is maybe a question that I'll I'll pose to those who are listening and not participating. Is what, if anything, would you like to see come into Tomorrowland, or what direction would you like to see Tomorrowland head into? So, all right, I'm going to move over. We'll go uh, boy, girl, boy, girl, as long as we can. So, uh, Nikki, uh, again, thank you for being part of the nation and welcome to the call tonight. What is your question? So it's kind of like a personal question. And for, I guess, people who are looking to move to Florida, 
So I have personally been thinking about moving to Florida for like the past 10 years. My grandfather grew up in um, out here and then moved to Ocala, Florida, where he retired. Where so, Where is out here? Uh, in Chicago. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and um, so for you, when you moved from New Jersey to Florida, did you have a plan? Like, did you and your wife have a job first and then move? Or did you just move and then find a job? All right. So two things. Uh, go Cubbies. Um, <laughs> so do as I say, not as I do. Um, because when I moved to Florida, and originally I was in South Florida for a few years before I moved up to Orlando, uh, when I made my move, um, I, I just knew living in New Jersey that it was time. Um, there were a lot of things that had just happened um, in terms of, you know, my business is up there and, and getting out of the business and uh, my wife's, you know, mom had just passed. And, I, and for me, I sort of just knew, I said, look, if I don't move now, I'm never going to go. If I wait till this happens, till that happens, if I keep wait, waiting for all these things, I'm making excuses and it'll never happen. And I was afraid that five, 10, 20 years down the road, I'd go, man, I wonder what would have happened if I would have moved when I did. So when I went down to South Florida, I literally went down with, I didn't even know where I, the house I was going to. My parents rented it for me because they were already down there. Um, I had no job. I had no necessarily a, a business plan, but I knew that in order for me to start to pursue this thing that I wanted to do in this Disney space, I needed to be where what I do is. So we went down to move into a house sight unseen. Um, my wife, unfortunately, was in the medical field. She was able to get a job at a hospital down there. I was ready to, I said, look, if I have to go you know, work at you know, whatever retail store, whatever it is, I would, you know, people say, what do you do for a living? I say, whatever it takes. I would do whatever it would have taken. Um, so I think there are a lot, maybe I'm not necessarily answering your question, but I, I, the point that I want to make is that I came down not necessarily with all of the answers ahead of time. I didn't have a game plan. I just knew this is where I, I wanted to be. This is where I, I had to be. Um, so if there are people who are, are thinking about moving, um, you know, I, a lot of it for me was almost the fear of the time going by and it would have been too late for me to do it. Um, I'm not sure if that, if I'm really answering your question. No, it's okay. Cause it's, I just kind of wanted to know your personal experience, how you eventually moved down there. If you did have a game plan, which you did, but it's just like, okay, I know I have to take this moment or otherwise it's going to pass me by. Yeah. I mean, I was starting, you know, my, my business in terms of WW radio and what I was doing, um, that, that plane was already in flight, but I didn't know, um, how I was going to take things to the next level. I just knew that in order for me to do so, I needed to be here and I would do whatever I need to do to fill in the gaps to make sure my family eats a couple of times a week so that I could pursue that, that dream. And if it didn't, if it didn't happen, I could say, okay, at least I gave it the best shot that I probably, that I possibly could have. Um, Cause I really was, it was that fear of being in New Jersey 20 years later, not happy and fulfilled what I was doing and saying, man, I wonder what if, so what if the, the what if for me was a very, very big motivator. Gotcha. Perfect. Thank you. You'll always find a way to wait, oh, find a way to make it work. You'll exactly. always find a way to make it work. So, um, so speaking of leaps of faith, 
bad segue, but to the upper right-hand corner, Father Christopher, um, it is good to see you. Thank you, as always, for being here. You always are our part of the calls and an active member of the nation. Um, where are you going with your question? Well, listening to the Christmas episode with Jim Corcus, it made me think about your Wayback Machine. So get your Wayback Machine out. Uh-oh. My question is, if you could go back to any year to recapture kind of the experience of Disney World, when would you go back to? So as you start to ask that question, my mind went into two different directions. Um, see, I, I didn't, I thought it was going to last longer before I started getting all emotional. Um, the first way my mind went was when, what would I go back to? And I think about, um, I think about being in, I can see it like it was yesterday, man. I, I can see myself in Tomorrowland um, with my parents and a couple of family friends. And I had this red, white, and blue with a, a, a patch of Mickey Mouse in the center baseball hat on. And my dad had the same one. And he's, uh, he's carrying me in his, in his arm. And he's got my brother on his shoulders, which I have no idea how he did it. And I could see my mother in her yellow sweater. And I don't know why that memory of being there and, and, and asking and walking by the kiosk um, nearby in Fantasyland where across from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and asking my dad if we could get like one more e-ticket, like we ride 20,000 Leagues like just one more time before we go, uh, I would give anything, I would give anything to go back to that time and um, revisit and, and recapture and experience again those moments that I had with my parents uh, and my younger brother because I think that's the reason why I'm here. It's not about the love I have of Disney as an adult and the things I enjoy about it now. I think it's those memories that were so formative that led me to this, this path that I continue to, to be blessed to go down. Taking that out of the equation, I'll, I'll pull the, the, the heart out of the equation. If there was a time I could go back to, um, is it a time? It could be any time. I, I didn't, we were sort of using the, the way back machine. I didn't, my age doesn't matter. I can go back to 55, 71, whenever I want. Whenever you want. <sighs> I mean, as long as we're in sort of <laughs> fantasy times, I, I think being at Disneyland, maybe not on that, you know, horrific opening day, but a couple of weeks later to be at Disneyland at the very beginning. And my, my caveat, as long as this is my dream, I'm going to take it where I want to, you know, we all know that Walt used to walk the parks um, and he used to do so relatively freely, especially before he was as well known on TV and he would talk to kids and you hear stories and you see pictures of him talking to children, not at children, but, you know, getting down on the level and talking with them. If I could be in Disneyland in 1955 uh, and have the opportunity to meet Walt Disney and thank Walt Disney and, and see his reaction and response and how he engaged with children uh, in the way I think that we all want to imagine he did. Um, I think that's probably when I would go back. And what about you? I got to turn the question around. Uh, for me, it'd be random year, late nineties, kind of for the whole uh, childhood component. Cause I can, I can remember, um, 
Mr. Toad's Wild Ride before it closed. Just uh, was one of the late nights where Magic Kingdom didn't close till midnight. Um, and just riding Mr. Toad over and over again, getting off and running back around doing the other side, and then riding it and getting off and running and doing the other side. Uh, probably made my parents ride it six or seven times in a row. Um, but yeah, just that, that that's, to me, when I think Disney, it's the late 90s. That's um, the Disney of uh, when my family really started going on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I think that's one that I'll pose. Uh, maybe I'll make that a question of the week this week and see when would people go back to if they could experience uh, it for a day. Uh, all right, boy, girl, boy, girl, last, <laughs> the last of the girls for now. Jennifer Kaufman, it is uh, so very nice to see you. We keep missing each other in real life at the parks. It is great to see you tonight. Uh, what is your question for me? Um, there you go. I'm going to throw you a little softball. I went a couple of different ways, and I want to know your favorite and least favorite Christmas movie. That is not a softball. That's oh, that's a well, tough. Oh man, that is that is not. Um, it doesn't go deep. It doesn't go deep. <laughs> it might be difficult to choose, but. Oh man. Um, you know, there's so many, and again, I, I go back to my childhood um, and the first one that came to mind has to be the one that I'm going with and it's a year without a Santa Claus um, it's it is an emotional journey I laugh I cry I laugh again I sing along I love 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 the old Rankin Bass ones from the 70s I think this was 73 74 somewhere around there um, I could watch and if I wasn't so embarrassed, I would sing for you word for word the Snow Miser and Heat Miser song, um, you know, but, you know, a blue Christmas without you and all those things. Um, I, I love those. And I, and I love the fact that they still show them every year and 70, 80, 90, like decade, however many decades later, <clears throat> They are still uh, family favorites. Um, and I like showing my kids them and I like seeing, <clears throat> excuse me other young kids, um, you know, still enjoying them to this day. So I'm going to turn it around softball to you. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, but, and also elf. Well, I, that, that's actually, we watched elf this afternoon. So that's why I was wondering, um, the Rankin Bass movies, we, we would always, once we got rid of like cable and everything, we would miss them when they were airing on TV. So we bought that Dit, that um, box set that has yep. all of the all of them. So we actually, my kids wanted to watch Rudolph, and so we. But I said we had to start at the top. So we started at um, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which they absolutely loved. So they are. They don't know why they all look like toys instead of real people. But other than that, <laughs> other than getting used to the claymation, they are learning to uh, kind of watch those again or watch those, I guess, for the first time really that they remember, other than Rudolph. But ah. Uh, I don't know. Christmas Vacation is such a classic. That and Elf yeah. are the ones we have to watch every year. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, uh, nostalgic or emotional, but they're just lighthearted. And um, sometimes, especially at Christmas being so hectic, that's what we need is just a little escapism and just enjoy that time together. And it's going to sound cheesy, but like just sit and, and laugh and be together. So that's kind of our go-to type of movie at Christmas. And uh, and I do love too the, um, the there, there's sometimes in some of these movies there's the the Disney connection you got Thrall Ravenscroft uh, the voice of Thrall Ravenscroft in some of the films as well so um, all right um, let's see had so many Michaels all right Michael Michael L I don't know if you want to give your last <laughs> names out or not so Michael L it is good to see you again. Um, 
just make sure you please stick to the four major food groups, uh, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup when you ask your question. Well, unfortunately, my question is not related to food, although maybe it should be because we haven't hit that yet. Um, but given that we uh, all seem to have an appreciation for the Disney parks and um, Walt was clearly influenced by things he encountered uh, in his life, uh, whether it was a carousel, uh, mechanical birds, trains, Marceline. What attraction, show, ride, not necessarily your favorite, has had the most profound effect on you? Wow, that's a great question. And I've never been asked that. Um, so, you know, you think about, when you think about right, the profound effects, um, is it one that we have an emotional connection to? <clears throat> Excuse me. Because... We remember going as a kid. We enjoyed riding as a kid. Is it the one that prompts somebody to say, wow, I want to get into Imagineering. I, I love storytelling. Um, is it one that connects us to Walt? Is it one that we still have an emotional connection to? <sighs> the one that has the greatest effect on me. I'm going to say the Tomorrowland Speedway because when I was finally, when I finally get to be able to reach the pedals, it is going to be the best day ever. Um, you know what? This this is maybe a, a, a cheesy answer, but it's the monorail. There is something about the monorail for me. So when we came as kids, you know, we were fortunate we were able to stay at the Contemporary or the Polynesian, and I remember my parents uh, letting me and my younger brother, or if I had a friend with me. Sometimes we would, at the end of the night, just ride the monorail for hours. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you used to be able to ride up in front and you would talk to the cast members um, who were probably a lot more patient with me <clears throat> than I thought, probably peppering them with questions all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there was something so quintessential Disney to me about the monorails. It... it impacts me in a lot of ways because I have those memories of the excitement that you had when you stepped foot on the monorail. And if you go way back to one of my favorite shows, still, we talk about the top smells of Walt Disney World. There's that monorail sell, smell, and there's the sound of the doors and the por favor mantenganse, which is for most of us are only, you know, the only Spanish words that we actually know. Um, it's more than a transportation system. It is... Um, I was always fascinated with, with the technology behind it, um, how it came to be, the story of Walt, you know, seeing it and, and, and bringing it over to Disneyland. Um, the, the possibilities of, of where the monorail could have gone had um, Walt's visions for Epcot um, actually come to pass. So uh, I think for a lot of reasons, some of which are, are very personal, I, I think I'm still I'm going to stick with the monorail. I like that. I think that's uh, very, you know, the heart of Disney. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it and it just, you know, it, you don't, th when you hear monorail, you don't think anywhere else other than, well, maybe some people think Vegas, but uh, so, which they were the Disney monorails for a while. They had the Disney monorails. They had the, they had the old Mark fours for a while. So uh, yeah, so I'll say the, uh, I'll say the monorails. All right, Tyler, you are up. Um, all right, so my question kind of fi uh, follows uh, Michael's a little bit with um, two-parter. What franchise do you feel is underrepresented or not Tron. represented in the parks? 
<laughs> and um, how would you bring that franchise into the parks, be it a ride, uh, stage show, restaurants, uh, something like that? So I, I, I've mentioned it, you know, earlier about my idea for <clears throat> my Tron attraction, the, the end of line club up on the second floor. I know for a while another Tron movie had been green lit. I believe that is now black lit or not lit or unlit or just red lit, whatever they do. Um, I still don't believe that that franchise um, has been completely exhausted. I know the, uh, the animated TV series was really popular for a while. I think there is still life left in that. As we continue to see, going back to the early questions, some of these um, properties being rebooted, revitalized, reimagined, however, um, I think that's one that I would really like to see. Um, uh, what, so I'll ask you, is there something that you would like to see, a film that you would like to see brought into? Now, and I'm assuming you're talking only Disney, not Marvel and, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, uh, Disney, Pixar, IP. And for me, it would be something related to Wally. Uh, Brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would hug you if I could, because that's exactly where else I would have gone. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would incorporate it, be it a, uh, you know, a, a show or uh, a classic attraction. Um, but I feel it's a great movie and, and obviously just not represented at all anywhere in the parks. I look and if you look on the shelves behind me, you know, I love, love, love Wally. Uh, I think it's a beautiful story. I think it's one of the best told stories because it's able to be told primarily in the first two acts of the film without really any dialogue being spoken. I think that speaks volumes to the, the, the writing and the artists and the, the storytelling um, that they were able to do with that. So I agree with you. I would love to see Wally in the parks. Uh, I think it is a beautiful film. I think it's a well-told film. Um, and it's, I think it's a very emotional film, as, you know, for characters that are not human characters. Um, I think there's a lot of emotion, especially in the, uh, the very first part. So I dig it. I like that. I knew I liked you. Uh, Sean, you are next in the Hollywood Squares box or Brady Bunch box, however you want to envision it. Well, Lou, since uh, it's, we've gone just about 35 minutes without talking about food. Finally. And <laughs> I am uh, smelling dinner cooking in the background. <laughs> what, non, what public non-Disney World restaurant would you go to eat at right now? Oh, what non-Disney public restaurant would I go to eat at right now? Um, man, I'm always hungry. So uh, as you said that, my mind went right to Mexican for some reason, which is odd because usually I could just eat sushi 24-7. Um, and there is a restaurant not far from Disney property. Actually, it's very close to, um, very close to Pandora as it were, um, called Chewy's, which is great Mexican food. Uh, but I will see, I'm going to see what I'm doing here. I'm giving you two answers. I would go to my secret sushi spot and just stick it to the man. And I love, love, love Japanese food. Um, and I could eat sushi every day if I could afford to eat sushi every day. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of people that don't really go because there's no need to, excuse me, 
outside the bubble, um, especially with so many new restaurants in Disney Springs. You know, uh, I, Asian food. I love Morimoto. Um, Art Smith's Homecoming is redonkulously good. And man, he's a nice guy. Like, he's just a nice guy. And he's there all the time. And the fried chicken and the fried chicken. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really don't, you know, I don't get out much. Um, but yeah, those are, uh, those are two of the things that I would usually like to go out. And uh, I'm always down for sushi. I am always down for sushi. So... Uh, let's see. Well, let's move over to some of the Michaels. Michael R. in your car <laughs> coming to us live from the inside of your Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> Toyota Yaris, actually. Hey, that was close. <laughs> um, mine is uh, run Disney related because I'm getting ready to run my very first run Disney, and it's a half uh, oh. in like a month. In like like a, a month and a couple days, um, and my question is because I know you go to as many of the Run Disney events as you can, and either I know you've run before, haven't you? You know, run is a relative term, Mike. You know, you know, I've participated. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have no, participated no, <clears throat> in a uh, my first and only half marathon was in 2008, and I've done a lot of the five K, and I continue to like to, to do the five Ks um, during marathon weekend and, and some of the other events as well. But uh, like me, like when you say run, I, I keep I, I I put run in bunny ears when I tell people I'm doing it. <laughs> Because uh, as of the as the training, the little bit of training that I have done, I'm I'm at like an 11 minute mile right now, so I'm comfortable. Like I think race day is day adrenaline. I'll be able to knock off a few seconds off of that, and I'll be okay. But uh, my question is, of all the run Disney events you've either run or participated in, or that you've been to with the with the running team and all of that, do you have a favorite like run Disney moment? So, and Luke Lawson is here, and he's a member of the running team. Nikki is here. She's a runner. I know some of the other guys are runners. They would probably be able to, to handle the running parts of that question better. But I will tell you, and I think, and I hope, man, that, that you feel the same way. There is nothing like, and, and Nikki and Luke, you guys can agree. Just, there is nothing like that very first event your adrenaline is pumping you're so excited you can't sleep not just because you're excited but because you can't sleep because you have to get up to two o'clock in the morning to go to epcot but um there and, and this is the reason why <clears throat> I, I did it once <clears throat> excuse me and only once and only at disney was i think nobody doesn't like disney you get out there and the adrenaline get you going and the characters and the music and running through the parks are the thing that keeps you going. And listen, man, I still believe in my heart of hearts that the most difficult part of running a run Disney or any other race is signing up. I think once you do that and you put those feet on the starting line, you have already accomplished 90% of what you need to do. Um, the excitement, the enthusiasm, and I will tell you the members of the WWE running team will help you get through it. Um, they will walk with you. They will jog with you, walk with you. They will they cry with you. They will, you know, help you get through it. And I know, and I see you guys nodding your heads because I've heard this over and over again. Whether you're a member of the team or not, you guys meet and pick up people along the way and help them through and that's that's what being a team is all about uh, but for me 
there was nothing like that first race because I had no idea what to expect. Look, look at this. This body is not made for running. This body is made oh, for eating. Mine, mine, is, mine is not either. So, right. so uh, you know, when I tell people I was doing a half marathon, they kind of look at me and they're like, Really? Yeah, but yeah. use that, man. <laughs> Listen, the reason why I ran my and ran again, the reason why I participated in my first marathon was because when I said on my prior show that I was going to do it, my co-host laughed at me, and I'm like, okay, buddy, you don't think I can do it? Like I was like, game on, brother. Um, and and I, I did it not for him, but I really did so I could prove it and and prove it to myself that I could do it. And I mean this sincerely, if you're listening and are thinking about it, if Lou Mangello can finish a half marathon, anybody can finish a half marathon. Uh, I have tiny little, you know, uh, tiny little legs. So, um, and if you're running 11 minute miles, you, you've got this, man. You, right. I'm, I'm doing like a run walk. I think uh, I did it the other day. Uh, the first time I ever did it was like, I did like a 14 and I got worried. And then, like, as I've gone, I've knocked it down to, like, 11. I've gotten yeah. to where I can really, you know, get to average about 11 minutes right now. So, uh, I guess follow-up question is, I'm going to be joining the running team. I might have to pick up my stuff from you, like, race day. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know how fast the mail will get here by that time. But uh, I'm going to be joining the running team before. Even if I don't get my stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an official part of the running team by race day marathon awesome brother i appreciate it if you who are listening want to find out more or be part of the team we do it um for fun and to help each other and to raise money for the make-a-wish foundation of america you can visit wdwradio.com slash running uh let's move over to chris a in your sling hope you are feeling better what is your question all right unmuted there also uh take donuts when you run yes Good, good advice. Thank you. <laughs> so I've got uh, a two-part. Uh, going back into the Wayback Machine, uh, let's say from like the opening of Walt Disney World, so we're not going, not letting you go all the way back. Um, what is maybe one of the interviews of someone that uh, you missed, uh, perhaps because they passed away, and what's maybe one of the restaurant reviews you wish you could have done? So the first question is easy, and I will hopefully never make this mistake again. It wasn't a mistake. It just the way it happened. Um, I had finally after, and this, was, this is going back to probably 2000, and I don't remember what year, maybe 2006 or so. I don't remember what, what year um, he passed. But I had finally tracked down um, Thurl Ravenscroft, um, and um, he was um, – he was being cared for. Um, I, I believe he was either at, a, at home or something. But I had found, I finally gotten to him and his person and his caregiver, and we had worked out a time for an interview. So maybe, I, so maybe it was 2005, because I think it was for the, the first show that I was doing. Um, and we had scheduled it for like three weeks away, and he passed away in the meantime. And, you know, obviously I, w I was sad that he passed because I was an admirer of his work. The interview was really more for me as a fan than I, you know, than, than the show. So I'll never let that happen again. I'll never schedule interviews um, that far out. And then the second part of the question was, which one? Well, like a restaurant, restaurant review, like that they've, you know, no longer have around that you could have reviewed. Oh, a restaurant review. I wish like, I could have done. Top, 
Top of the world, 1970s. Those so were- that's the first thing I went to. It's something like the Top of the World Supper Club, yeah. like when Mel Torme was there and it was lots of reds and oranges and yellows. Yeah. Um, because I think it was such a, you know, it was the vacation kingdom of the world. And that was one of the experiences that was part of that, you know, adults after the park time with the kids was over, the kids like me went downstairs to the Fiesta fun center and played video games and watched the movies and, and, and ate down there. And the adults went upstairs to the top of the world supper club and had the a minus ish, you know, uh, entertainers up there and there was music and dancing. So, uh, I love me some California grill. Don't get me wrong, but that's, uh, that's probably where I would go. Um, how welcome to the, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being part of the nation. Do you have a question this evening? And I think Hal is frozen. So, Hal, uh, if you pop back on, I will come back to you. I think, have I gotten everybody else except Luke Lawson? Michael, you got a question? So many Michaels, I lose track. Yeah, I do, Lou. Uh, this, well, if you, you want sushi, come to Bistro near Chicago. I don't know if Nikki's near there. Because <laughs> it's really good. But anyways... Uh, that new thing I've been reading about lately, the uh, that express between the parks bus, behind the scenes bus. You know anything else about that? Um, it, it's it's very new. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, I, I don't know uh, a lot about it, but from what I understand, it's um, a it, it's it's express bus service, which is something that you it's it's an add-on as opposed to the free transportation throughout the parks. If I remember correctly, and forgive me if the numbers are wrong, I believe it's $15 a day or you can get a multi-day pass. Sorry for maybe $25. Excuse me. But I believe it's almost like having a shuttle service. Um, They pick you up at the parks and resorts and they take you to, through and to some of the backstage areas so you actually get into the parks faster. So, for example, if you're going to Magic Kingdom, instead of going outside by the water, walking through security, going through the front gate, they would bring you around back um, through sort of where the cast member parking is, uh, obviously validate your tickets, whatnot, and then let you in through some of the backstage areas um, that way. which will obviously save you a lot of time, um, a lot of walking around as well. I just took a quick look. So it looks like uh, that's where you enter in Magic Kingdom. In Epcot, you enter on the east side of Spaceship Earth over at Hollywood Studios in that backstage area by Rock and Roller Coaster, that courtyard area where they used to use for uh, ESPN The Weekends. May you rest in peace. And over at Animal Kingdom, and I've gone into, gone into this entrance before, um, enter over by Kilimanjaro Safari. So if you're looking at Kilimanjaro Safari and look to the left, there's a cast member backstage area. There's actually a large parking lot back there for cast. So that's where um, um, 
that's where they, they pick you up and drop you off. And I believe the buses run on a regular schedule. Um, that, I think they run in 30 minute or so intervals. And this is something that you can add on to your ticket once you get there. Um, just by a quick show of hands, is that something that interests you, appeals to you at $15 a day for being able to stay, save some of the, that time going to the backstage areas and having that bus service? Got one, two, couple of no's. There's a three. Yeah. There's a thumbs down. There's a nah, sort of on the fence. What if I told you that it was, let me give you the scenario. It's August 15th. There, it is 182 degrees outside, and there's an hour-long wait for the bus. Now, all of a sudden, the smiles come. And I think that's where it's going to uh, potentially come into play is when during some of the busier times, maybe sort of the hotter times, and maybe some of the people who have a limited amount of time and want to try and maximize their time. Um, this is something, obviously, that is probably in its initial testing phase. Who knows if this is going to, uh, if the express bus service is going to stay around forever. So I think we have one more person, right? One more person. Last question. Uh, Luke Lawson, a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, member of the aforementioned WWE Radio running team, a uh, darn nice guy. And I dig the fact that you always, uh, you always rock the different costumes when you run as well. Yeah. Thanks Lou. I got a couple of uh, really good ones here for the next month. Just finished them up. Pretty stoked about them. So favorite, favorite, well, I'm going to turn around favorite costume you ever ran in. Uh, it's gotta be my Rufio costume. I loved it. Um, but the, the Peter Pan Boba Fett mashup was pretty good too. And for those who people, cause Rufio is a little bit more of an obscure character. Yeah. Rufio is, uh, is in hook. Um, Steven Spielberg's hook, uh, with Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams. He's a lost boy and he is pretty awesome. Sweet. All right, man. What, uh, what is your last question for the evening? All right, Lou, I want to talk about what makes Disney super magical, and that's the people. Um, so I am a former cast member myself, and I want to know, what is your most memorable cast member interaction? It's like picking your favorite child, man. Um, gosh, there are so many. Um, and I'm thinking back to times that I went with my parents and times that I went with um, – my wife and then going with my kids and being there alone or being with friends or um, even first times I've been out in Disneyland. So um, I, I was, I was hesitant to say this one because um, it's not an everyday experience, but um, I was friends with a cast member who, when I was living in New Jersey and I came down with um, my daughter and my son, who was very, very young, um, she says, hey, when you come down and if you're going to be in Magic Kingdom on such and such day, <clears throat> excuse me, come to come behind the castle um, 10 minutes before the show is over and just tell them that, that you're there and that I sent you. I said, okay, I had no idea what to expect or anything. Uh, I, I go there. I say that, um, you know, I'm the Mangello and, and so-and-so sent me. And the, the castle stage show had just ended and she opens the door and we walk in and there's got to be 30 characters standing there in a room and us. And I get choked up again. Um, I remember, because I didn't tell my wife, obviously my daughter was very young. She was probably, you know, three, four years old, which if I could just freeze her at that age, it would have been awesome. Um, 
and we walked in and they said, oh, Princess Marion and Prince Nicholas. And we're all like agape and everybody's crying and she just can't believe it. And I'm trying to take pictures and my hands are shaking because I see the expression on my kid's face of just utter joy. And my wife just can't believe that this is happening and, and that somebody was kind enough to make that happen for us. Now, the, the downside to that is that every time we went back to Disney World after, my daughter's like, so when am I going to go meet all the characters again? And I'm like, no, no, no. That, that, that was a one-time only kind of thing. Um, and she just did it out of the goodness of her heart. Um, she did that just as, you know, something that she knew that my family would always remember. And uh, I, I will obviously never, ever, you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never exp- forget the expression on my kids' faces. And I was hesitant to tell that story because I think that happens every day, multiple times over and over again. And it's not something that's a, a special opportunity like that. It happens when a cast member does something special for a child or makes something right that might have gone wrong or, or fixes something or helps somebody or just the way that they interact. Um, as, as somebody who goes to the parks and has seen and done, you know, I've done all the attractions, I've done all the shows, I watch a lot of the cast member interactions. And those are still the things that get me choked up. I, I present um, a, a lot and I use a lot of Disney in my presentations. And one of the things I talk about is customer service. And I have a picture of a a security officer at the front gates of the magic kingdom standing by one of the trees. And and on the ledge next to the tree is a little girl, maybe four or five years old dressed like Cinderella. And the picture I have is of the cast member with an autograph book. And it looks like he's taking it from her, but actually what he's doing is presenting it to her. And he says to this little girl, and this happens all the time, he says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, I heard that you were coming. I'm so excited that you're here. You know, princess, would you sign my autograph book? Like that kid and that, those parents are going to remember that moment more than anything else they do see and yes, eat when they go to that park. That is the story that's going to bring them and their friends back over and over and over again. It's not the, the, it's not the shows. It's not the, the, the environment. It really is you know, the, the people that make the dream a reality. It's those kind of interactions that makes this place, to use your word, it makes this place as special as it is. It's the reason why I, I am here. It's the reason why I took that scary journey from New Jersey to Florida in my Honda Odyssey um, with no plan and no direction and no idea how I was going to make it because of the memories I had with my parents as a kid because of the, the, of the, the cast members that make it and continue to make it. Um, I am amazed still every day at the interactions that I have um, with cast members and ones that I see and hear from people like you on the show and in voicemail and on Twitter, on Facebook and at meets in the month and things like that. So um, I really do appreciate them. And Luke as a former cast member, you know, I appreciate uh, that from you as well. Um, Let's see. I have one last question, which was a write-in. She unfortunately could not make it in this evening and um, she had two questions. I will take, um, let's see. Um, What one 
attraction, show, or movie would you want Walt to see today? Um, you know, the easy answer, I think the one that we always go to and I always go to is Epcot um, to, see, to see two things. Um, to see his reaction and how his vision compares or contrasts with what was made and to get maybe a better idea as, he, as watching him walk the grounds of Epcot to see how different it was from what he had in his mind when he stared up at the ceiling tiles in the hospital before he passed. Um, I think he'd also like, I'd also like to take him over to, um, I'd also like to take him to, to Kilimanjaro Safari because he loved animals and he always wanted to have <clears throat> live animals in the park. And I might as well answer, if I could take him to a, what, what movie would I want Walt to see today? Wow, I don't know. What movie would I want Walt to see today? Um, all right, I'm going to quickly turn that around to you. Anybody? What, what movie would you like Walt to see today? Meet the Robinsons. Meet, oh, I love it. Terry, I love that answer. Anybody else? You could say Tron. That's fine. <laughs> um, the, the live action Jungle Book. I mean, it, I think he would really love the innovation that happened with that. I mean, how realistic that animation was. Awesome. I've got kind of a weird one. How about um, saving Mr. Banks so he can see how we see him? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch him and his reactions to that movie and uh, how much, you know, and, I, and I'd be curious because I think a lot of that, you know, yes, there's some poetic license in there, but because you had guys like Richard Sherman um, really playing a, a part in the, the development of that, and, and I think there's probably, um, and, and a, a sh I'm sure he would want some assurances that, that certain things would have to be as close to how they happened as possible. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to, to sit with Walt and a bag of peanuts and um, get on the couch and watch Saving Mr. Banks. So, guys, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it, and hopefully I was able to answer uh, in the best way possible um, all of your questions. I appreciate you um, not just listening to the show, but being part of the nation family, and that's really what you are. <clears throat> and the fact that you, you know, show your love and support and you show up on these calls every month uh, means a great deal to me. I know hopefully I will see you guys at a meet of the month and or some run Disney races coming very soon. Um, thank you all once again. If I, I, I am seeing uh, Michael in the background has his, is that your Haunted Mansion changing portrait? <laughs> I love him to do these calls on video because normally... When I do the live broadcast on Wednesdays, you guys get to see me. I don't get to see you, but I love um, this format. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love you guys. If you who are listening wants to be part of the nation family, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Uh, thank you uh, guys so very much, and I look forward to seeing you again next month. Thank you.
time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in the parks, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via email or our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were looking at the history of Christmas being celebrated in Walt Disney World and in Disneyland. And one of the things we talked about was the old Country Bear Christmas special, where in that show all the characters dressed in their holiday best and sang different songs about Christmas and New Year. And one of my favorite characters in particular wore a very unique costume. And your question was to tell me, in the Country Bear Christmas special, Big Al appeared dressed as what? And again, thanks to the more than 1,000 of you that entered, got this one that correct and knew or remembered that Big Al dressed as Baby New Year. Now, I also asked you a bonus question for an additional prize, and I said, what Disney animated feature films open or close with the scene of Christmas? And again, so many of you entered, got this one correct, shared some very interesting answers as well. Uh, I was looking for things like Lady and the Tramp, uh, Toy Story, uh, Lilo and Stitch, where in the closing credits there's a scene from Christmas there. I took any, I took all, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the park, both of which you can find at www.radio.com in the shop, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some stickers, and the insulated hot and cold travel mug. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Eric Davison. So, Eric, congratulations. You entered via the form. I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So it's been way too long since I had a food-related trivia question. And one of my favorite places to eat in the parks, actually really, they're like children. They're all my favorites, but I'll call out this one, is the 50s Primetime Cafe over at the Disney MGM Star Wars Studios, where they offer some real sort of authentic home cooking, but without the family arguments sometimes, using recipes from quote-unquote family members. So if you look at the menu at 50's Primetime Cafe, the menu was inspired or brought to you by some of mom and the family's different members. So tell me, whose recipe does mom use for the golden, and oh so very delicious, fried chicken? Right? So tell me, what family member's recipes does mom use for the golden fried chicken at 50's Primetime Cafe? You have until Sunday, December 11th at 11.59 p.m. to enter via email to contest at www.radio.com. Better yet, go to this week's show notes at www.radio.com. Click on the podcast. If you use the form there, you can give me your shipping information, and I will get your prize package out to you right away. And again, this week you're playing for the book, all seven audio tours, a Magic Band cover, stickers, and I'm going to throw in, again, a hot and cold travel mug. And just because it's the holidays... And because now I want fried chicken, also, when you fill out the form, give me your shirt size because I will also send you a WW Radio t-shirt. So good luck and have fun.
that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I also want to thank some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including David Iwanowski, Carrie Brosmer, Tara Weaver-Hawley, and Keith Groshans. I sincerely appreciate you and the love and the support. And if you want to not only help the show, but also get exclusive rewards every single month, including scavenger hunts from the parks, access to our private Facebook group, personalized Magic Band covers, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts, exclusive live video group calls like we did this week, and lots more. You can find out more and join the nation by visiting www.radio.com slash support. Again, it's completely optional. A great way for you to help show your support for the show. And also don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions will go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. All right, just a couple of quick announcements this week. Uh, Again, the purge of my Disney collection and soon my Star Wars collection, just in time for Rogue One, is going on on eBay over at www.radio.com slash eBay. I am purging a lot of my personal collection of everything from cast member materials to souvenir guides, maps, attraction scripts, uh, theme park merchandise, books, pins, artwork, vinylmations, one-of-a-kind collectibles, and more. more. Uh, New auctions begin and end every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Again, it's www.radio.com slash eBay. While you're on the www.radio.com, please be sure and check out our amazing team of blog writers. Subscribe to our newsletter, and please also join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live, where I do live video broadcasts on Facebook, either from the home studio, oftentimes, like I'm going to do tonight, from the parks, because as much as I love creating content and and pushing it out to you this way via the the podcast, I love being able to interact with you guys live, real-time. Again, it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern at facebook.com slash Radio. Also, you know I love hearing from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. And as much as I love connecting with you guys online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Our next meet of the month is going to be, as always, over Marathon Weekend. It's going to be Saturday, December 7th. Once again, back at the Tomorrowland Terrace where we've been doing it for the past eight, nine years or so. Uh, Usually starts around 1 p.m. I will create the event over at facebook.com slash Radio. Anyone and everyone, as always, is invited. Come alone. Bring the family. It is obviously completely free and open to everybody, and I'd love to have a chance to meet you, uh, whether you are run, running or cheering or just happen to be in the parks that weekend. You can also check out the events page for other events, including our Double Dip Cruise to Castaway Key next year, June 25th through the 30th on the Disney Dream. Five nights, two stops at Castaway Key. You can also find out more by visiting www.radio.com slash 2017 cruise. We have other events coming up in the summer of 2017. We'll be at D23 Expo. Again, stay tuned to the Facebook page and our newsletter to get updates as they come out. I'll also have other events, not necessarily in Disney parks, but on the road as I travel to speak at conferences and schools. And if I can maybe help either come speak to you, your business, your school, or work with you to help turn your passion into your profession with either personal mentoring or group coaching and help you do what you love full-time, please go and visit loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended and favorite all-time travel provider, not just because of the prices they give, but really it is about 
the service. They take care of you as if they were taking care of their own family, assuming it was a family member that they actually liked. But they take care of you with that same level of love and care and attention and service. And it all comes at no cost to you. Visit them at mousefantravel.com. And then go visit little Timmy Foster at celebrationspress.com so you can subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you... You are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let your friends know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links to your favorite episodes over on Facebook or in your pages or groups. And please take a minute to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,200 five-star reviews. Please keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Brownies20 who said, this is family fun. Lou, thanks so much for the podcast. And I love this. The kids and I listen together here in Minnesota and reminisce about our trips to Disney World. That's exactly why I do it. That's exactly what I hope to have is that you guys listen together as a family. Tangi16 says, love the Lou. Love listening to the podcast. Really ups the Greek, the geek factor, not the Greek factor, which is a good thing. She says, I've been, I've been binge listening, binge. I speak for a living. I've been binge listening. It's going to take forever to listen to them all. Regan Phelps says, love this podcast. Again, my dad and I have been listening since it started. It never disappoints. So engaging, informational, and useful. 10 out of 10 recommended. And Ella Chak says, fantastic Disney World trivia and planning info. Uh, he, she loves the positive, positive and optimistic attitude. We've really created a community of like-minded people who really do believe that there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the everyday. Thank you again so much. If you want to re- leave a review for the show, just search for WW Radio on iTunes or visit wdwradio.com slash iTunes. It'll give you instructions and take you right there. And once again, my biggest and sincerest thanks. If I could hug you, I would to show how much I appreciate you uh, for taking the time to tune. And I I know how valuable your time is, especially during the holiday time of year. There's so much going on. and, And the fact that you include me in that and you share it with me means a lot. And I hope that you, especially as we start to look to 2017, and turn the page to a new chapter and there's a whole new world of opportunity ahead. And, you know, as you start to move into the new year and people talk about, you know, goals or resolutions, you know, sometimes you don't have to have that specific thing or place that you want to do or get to because sometimes along the way is where you find the unexpected and the wonderful things really happen. So enjoy the journey as it happens and you will find your way. And as Walt said, always keep moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just being you and listening. I sincerely appreciate it. I hope that you have the best day, the best week, the best month, the best year ever. See ya. Hey, Lou, calling from the Harambee Marketplace. Life is doing good on Friday. Lily and Madeline are having a great time here in Disney World and just enjoying her birthday time. Hope you're having a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Louis, Jim Meeker calling you from the park. It is Mickey's very merry Christmas party. We're having an awesome time just waiting for the show, the fireworks, and the parade. And here's Madeline. Um, and I'm celebrating my 10th birthday here. And I'm willing, I'm tired and hungry. It's been a long day at Disney, but we're enjoying being here and wish you were here, Lou. Talk to you later. Bye.
Hi, Lou. This is Tom Morris uh, calling from Clinton, Tennessee. Uh, we're going to be heading down to the uh, parks in about 10 days, and I was loving your uh, podcast this week about uh, moments in Disney history we'd love to be at, and I have to say one that I think would just be the perfect just fly-on-the-wall moment would be in the recording session that Robin Williams did for the genie for Aladdin. They say it was so funny, everyone was on the floor laughing, and he was riffing for hours at the end. So that would be one I'd have to add to my list along some of the ones you said. And also, I think it'd be interesting to be in the two pitches that didn't go through, which was one, the Disney's America Park meetings. I don't know. Because I don't know how far that went into existence. And the other one I was really interested in was the pitch for what was supposed to be a ride at the land called the Great Movie Ride and how the pitch turned into an entire park. Um, anyway, uh, thanks again for the show. It's a great to listen to as we get ready for our trip to Walt Disney World. Come out to socialize. As the moon shines high over the dead oak tree, scoops a ride for the midnight three. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Start to sweet and harmonize. Grim, gritty ghosts come out to socialize.